Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, and everybody else hanging out with us here on a Saturday night. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Eat Sleep Podcast. Repeat, FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. I am Sean Hood. That is Dave Taylor. How you doing, everybody? And we are here to give you a deep dive into all things professional wrestling and a little bit UFC tonight. We're going to mix it up just a bit because there's a big card coming up tonight. Starts in a couple hours, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. And uh, before we can do any of that, though, we have to get the business out of the way. Like I said, Eat, Sleep, Podcast, Repeat, a wrestling podcast you can find on FM99.com and 1069thefox.com right under the media tab, ESPR. You just click it right there. It takes you to our most recent episode all of the time, which will be this one after we do it. And so, you know, <laughs> it's our preview preview episode for Royal Rumble. And the preview preview episodes are always the biggest ones for some reason. That's the ones people love. So, Yay. Uh, if you why if you get to us there, then thank you so much for that. But if you don't, you can find us on all your major podcasting apps. Just search for us under ESPR Wrestling. Subscribe. Give us a five star rating and a review. When you do, we greatly appreciate it. And tell a friend about it. We we would love to get some more uh, more listeners all the time. We've been growing very steadily, and uh, we thank you guys for that. It's because of you that we've been growing at the pace we have. Uh, we've been really surprised by some of our numbers over the last several months. And uh, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> we will take it. Uh, in addition to that, you can find us on the social media, facebook.com slash ESPR99 and Twitter at ESPR99. If you happen to be on either of those platforms tonight watching us live, please feel free to chime in in the comments and say hi. We will be more than happy to uh, say something to you guys and talk with you guys about anything you want to talk about tonight. If you have any thoughts, comments, topics, go ahead and throw them on out there. We'd like to uh, discuss things with you guys. And of course, email us ESPR at FM99.com. That is the easiest thing to do all of the time. If you ever want to reach us for any reason at all, I do see uh, Gina popping in. Brian, hey, what's going on, you two? Thank you so much for joining us. First two to say hi. So appreciate it. We don't have any prizes, but hi. Uh, <laughs> and there's Jordan. There's Jordan. Hey, no Bernie memes. I mean, if we'd have thought long and hard enough about it, Dave probably could have got one put together to probably. put up on the screen, but we didn't think about it. We know we'll, we'll work about it. We'll work on it for next time for the Royal Rumble. I, I just posted one of myself, and it was wasn't wrestling related. It was on, on a trip to Colorado. I'm on top of a mountain in shorts, and Bernie's next to me. <laughs> well, yeah, he's on top of a mountain. I, that's, I, yeah. He's an old man. He, he needs to stay warm. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, uh, this week we are not quite to the Royal Rumble yet. And we are uh, going to take a chance tonight and do a little uh, do a little business talking about some news and reaction to uh, uh, wrestling. And uh, in addition to that, we're also going to talk about the UFC 257 card, which is coming up here in just uh, uh, about two and a half hours, roughly, is when the main card starts. So, um, oh, well, I guess I'll, I'll keep going. So without uh, further ado, the latest wrestling news. And uh, hey, one of the things we watched SmackDown yesterday, Vince McMahon was not at SmackDown. Um, don't know the reason why, but uh, for Vince to miss a TV show, yeah, that's pretty rare. I will say this, though. Uh, it was probably one of the best SmackDowns we've had in a while. It was a great show. They're definitely starting to push Cesaro now. We see that. The uh, the angle. There we go. Camera. Owens, and I was talking about SmackDown since Vince wasn't there. Uh, Cesaro getting a push. Great. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. You, you got the angle with uh, with Roman and, and, and Kevin Owens and and Heyman and uh, and Adam Pierce, which was just well done last night. Uh, just, it's a great show. I, and, and the Billy Kay thing starting to grow on me a little bit. Um, I know. like I, I like Billy Kay with the Riot Squad. I think she's funny. <laughs> and her answer when she said her favorite uh, punk musician was uh avril lavigne was the perfect answer i thought that was so good 
Yeah, but they did a decent tag match last night. You know, she cost the Riot Squad the the, the match, and uh, you know that's her thing. Boot, boot her out of the squad. So, uh, you know, you know, because what when she down two teams, right? Because Natty and uh, and yeah. uh, Tamina. So I, I don't know who who'll be next or whatever. If, if this leads to a Billy Kay re or a Peyton Rice reunion, it'd be all for it. I know it's not going to happen. But. No, but I mean, but I'm fine with Billy Kay finding a role for herself. Uh, in what I think m- could potentially happen, maybe if you remember, she was kind of pitching to be Adam Pierce's assistant at one point, which clearly we saw they went another route with that. Yeah, uh, they went with um, Sonia Deville. Sonya Deville, which I was thrilled that she was back. I love Sonia, I think she has incredibly high ceiling, so I'm, I'm glad to see her back. Um, I think with after what we saw with Roman Reigns assaulting Adam Pierce last night, there's a chance that as an authority figure, Adam Pierce is gone for a little while. Um, and maybe Billy slides into the role of being Sonya's assistant. That would be great. You know, and we saw Sonya last night, you know, with the uh, uh, profits, three profits, and mm-hmm. you know, telling them that, uh, you know, you're not going to get a tag match. You know, one of the guys is hurt. Uh, let's give some other teams a chance. And definitely a, a, a very heelish move, which is great because. You know what? Because by the time the Street Profits get that rematch or whatever they do, it's going to mean a lot more. Right. It's because now it's like, well, you're not going to get it. So maybe you have to earn it or you have to do this. And but, uh, are there other tag teams? I was trying to think who can fight Dolphin uh, and Robert Roode. <laughs> I, I, think, um, I, I think the main takeaway from SmackDown last night is that Vince wasn't there and it was good. Yeah. You know why? Because they probably weren't rewriting things while they were still on the air. Yeah, from the articles I've seen, he was available, you know, via Zoom or whatever else. But uh, really can, you, can you imagine a Vince McMahon Zoom call? Hey, is this on? Can you hear me? Hey! And everybody's just got him on mute going. Like, <laughs> pretending, you know. Just that, I mean, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Uh, Phillips says, what if Adam Pierce became GM of Raw or SmackDown? Well, to be perfect, he's kind of in that role already on both shows, to be perfectly honest. He's he's kind of the authority figure on both shows. Um, I'm, uh, unless they're going to come, unless they're actually going to make the brand split start meaning something, they don't need their own independent GMs. It's just pointless. It's it's just it's just another reminder. Like we've got two different GMs, so this should matter, but it doesn't. So if you're not going to take it seriously, then just have one person doing it all. You know, and I'm fine with the current system. We do not need GMs. You know, I'm fine with assistance or whatever else because it gives signing Deville something. Uh, you know, to eventually, um, you know, maybe she does something to Mandy Rose that gets her reinstated as a wrestler. Right. Uh, so this gives her a good storyline. And, you know, and now with Adam, you know, being hurt or whatever. Now, here's the thing. SmackDown was great. Raw, on the other hand, um, a lot of ups and downs. I mean, there's some decent stuff. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the Orton mask yet. Trying to figure that out, Sean. Oh, the Gimp mask. Yeah, uh, I'm not so sure about that one either. That's, that's, oh boy. Um, Again, I I could, I could maybe, like, the problem is, like, I dug when they kind of did something similar with Cody Rhodes where he was, he was damaged, you know what I mean, after he broke yeah. his nose. And he yeah. saw himself as twisted, and, and and it made him more sadistic and more. But I don't know how you get more sadistic than a guy who lights people on fire. I'm not sure how we get beyond that. I don't know. Oh, crap, I think we lost him again. Um, but, yeah, so that happened on Raw. You had um, – they didn't talk much about Alexa Bliss and Randy. You had Alexa beat Asuka uh, cleanly. Um, you know, Alexa has is, is been great uh, as of late. Uh, but some of the other things, um, I don't like the Hurt Business, the whole leg. I like the Hurt Business. I don't like the fact that they're already showing that they may be breaking up. 
um, or at least uh, having problems with uh, with uh, Cedric in the group. I, I just I just hate that. It seems like they just you know got this thing together. It's a wild oiled machine, and then now you know they're going to have problems with uh, Cedric in the group. I, I don't like that. No, uh, and I apologize for the the internet dropping in and out. I don't know what's going on. I'm hardwired in hardwired into the internet, so I don't know why I would be having these frozen moments. I I I, I just did, dude. I was just a guest on a podcast earlier today uh, called Deprogrammed, which is a music podcast. If anybody uh, is you know a big music person, uh, you go on and we we discuss the catalog of a certain musician and try to put together a a ten song playlist. That if we were going to say, hey, this is you know, if we were going to show somebody this playlist to represent this band, these are the 10 songs we would put together. And so we have to whittle down our own individual lists into this, this one master list. And, uh, this, we were doing corn. Oh, uh, so interesting, uh, discussion, lots of good discussion on there. Again, the show's called deprogrammed. If you guys want to check it out, I was a guest on that one. I think that episode will be up sometime in late February, but I did, I was on there. This wasn't that whole episode that we recorded other things, but I was on with them for two and a half hours today. Didn't have a single problem. Wow. Did the, uh, did the Skrillex, uh, song that came up? up. It came up. It, it was on one. It was on somebody's list. Just not okay, lying. I, 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 I like that song because like after Corn was doing covers for like, you, a, you mean narcissistic cannibal is what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like that song, but that it did come up. I'll give you that. It came up. Okay. All right. <laughs> but in any event. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, speaking of raw, um, is raw going to be affected by NBC sports? You have the story. Uh, yeah, so NBC Sports is shutting down, which kind of people saw coming. Um, there's no WWE programming on that channel. However, comma, uh, the issue is that they could have a problem with some of the things of well, some of their shows being preempted. Now, WWE signed a five year deal with USA for Monday Night Raw that went into effect in October 2019. So, you know, that's 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 not really going to hurt them as far as negotiations or anything in the near future. But WWE has no real deal that we're aware of for NXT um, in the long run. And so they could easily get bumped out of their slot for a sports thing, uh, depending on how that goes. The negotiations could change and we might not know what's going to happen with NXT in the long run. Now, what does NBC sports carry? I know hockey, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So, so, so mainly like uh, they carry they carry NHL, uh, they carry yeah, they carry NHL, they carry NASCAR, and they carry um, the Premier League soccer. Okay. So I mean, soccer is a huge thing in a lot of the world. Maybe not necessarily all over the United States, but it is a big thing across the globe. So it's it's definitely important. Um, so I mean, th- that's big, especially with hockey season really just now kicking off. Yeah, <laughs> and that could be a problem. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, but they, but they didn't give a date with um, when it's going to shut down. Um, you know, Phil brings up a good point too. The Olympics. Uh, Tokyo just announced those are canceled. Okay, well, they, they announced so, that the other day. Those are canceled, and they think they said they're going to have to make them up the earliest, the next earliest available slot, which is uh, like twenty thirty four or something. Whew. Yeah, wow. so that's uh, that's well, a real the, bummer. <laughs> all the buildings will be ready by then. They got plenty of time now. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say this. Uh, the NHL's deal with NBC expires at the end of this current season. Ah. So I'm not sure if they will try to keep them or what will happen there. But, I mean, in order to kind of sweet, sweeten things for the NHL, re- some wrestling might be getting bumped. Yeah, I, I will say this because uh, I think the big pitch was for NBC Sports ending was like, well, you know, the two because it's USA and one other channel. 
that they own, and I can't think of the name of it right now, but they say, hey, these networks are, uh, are in a lot more households. So that way we have a lot more coverage. So they can justify, you know, if we're going to put this NHL game on, on USA where, you know, it's going to be in 20 million more homes, sure, let's do it. Right. Uh, he said Raw and NXT could go to NBC. Well, they're never, they're, they're NBC Universal is never going to move Raw and NXT to their main NBC Universal channel. The no. closest we ever got with that was Saturday night's main event. Um, and that's as close as we're ever going to get. I think they don't, they don't see that kind of programming as the programming they want on their main channel like that. Um, universal, uh, was a, a USA was a good fit for it. And, um, I, I think that's the best we're going to get. I, uh, you, you stand a better chance of the other sports taking up NBC, you know, than uh, yeah, they, they just don't, they don't see wrestling fitting that mold. No, no. Cause you're not going to bump. What was it? America's got talent or, yeah. um, or, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, or the Plinko, game or Allen's game of games or yeah yeah we're sure doing talking. better ratings than wrong yeah <laughs> yeah much much better uh but keeping on the wwe side uh there's new nxt signings this is uh they are i was actually really excited when i saw this um big fan of some of these people wwe announced three new nxt signings and they're uh, zoe stark who uh we knew as Lacey ryan uh we also have uh Gigi dolan who wrestled as priscilla kelly and Cora Jade, who wrestled as Elena Black. So they're now going to be Here's- at NXT. So we're waiting for Sean to come back. Um, I'm going to talk about our podcast to listen to sometimes. And I know some of the other people who come on here do as well. I was listening to Jim Cornette the other day. He does a podcast. And uh, one of the things that was brought up as question was about Paul Orndorff, uh, old school wrestler from the 80s when I was growing up watching this stuff. Uh, they talked about his career and the look he had. And the fact that he drew a lot of money with Hulk Hogan during the house show runs in, in the 80s uh, when that was going on. And the fact that in 1986, before WrestleMania three, before Hogan and Andre, that they had an event in Toronto, Canada called the Big Event, where they drew over 60,000 people. And I went back and watched this match because I, I don't know if I ever watched it before. If I have, it's been years. And it was no right match. Um, you know, your typical Hogan match from the 80s and everything else. But watching this match, and for you, like, old school fans or newer fans, it, it kind of, like, for the people who long for that days of wrestling, it reminded me of um, just the style was completely different. Because we're going to talk about the second here. Because um, him and I have some disagreements on the NXT tag team tournament and AEW uh, uh, tag team wrestling as well. Because it's a little bit of a cluster on Monday or Wednesday on the Dynamite. Uh, but watching that match, it wasn't a lot of, like, flair if you will you know it wasn't crazy moves off the top rope where everybody had to get their moves in i mean hogan didn't even get the leg drop into this match he, he won by dq but just the style was different as nowadays in nxt you're getting these uh you know these tag team matches or an aw where everybody's got to get their moves in and there was uh if you check out our twitter page you're going to find a uh, a total botch from somebody on the uh tag team match on uh, dynamite on wednesday which uh, jim ross uh, completely uh, went over. By the way, Philip says that he liked NXT this week. It was really good. Philip, I haven't finished watching the show. I, I got to the main event, but I did watch the tournament. But I, I felt like, well, I kind of like the tag matches a little bit. I sometimes I feel like I'm watching the same match because the styles are kind of same. I mean, I was shocked that Lucha House Party won because uh, I had Imperium going to the finals and winning the whole thing. So that kind of shocked me. And then you had uh, you know Johnny Gogano and. Uh, Austin Theory losing, which I didn't see that coming as well. So they had upsets all through the night, which is great because you know it doesn't make the tournament predictable. So I'm gonna give him credit for that 
Um, but the matches, it just didn't seem like a tag match at time. It just seemed like everybody was doing moves and it didn't matter. So I don't know if you uh, felt that way at all, but that was like one of the things that him and I were, Sean and I were talking about off the air was that like everybody's trying to get their moves in all at once. And then like, you know, it takes away the story of the match. The storytelling isn't there anymore. It's almost like the, uh, the training that is happening is that, you know, these guys are all trained to do the same thing, but there's no psychology uh, behind the match, which uh, leads us to another comment from uh, Daniel Bryan talking about NXT this week, where he says, I don't think, uh, definitely don't think NXT is considered as a developmental territory anymore. So I, I don't know where WWE goes to develop talent, because let's be honest, since they've been in the USA, it's not really developmental anymore. A lot of guys have been there a long time where uh, they could be graduating, if you will. Uh, NXT is more of a high-flying show. I'm like AEW. AEW's got a lot of stuff too. Um, Philip, I mean, it always seems like every match, a tag match, there's always a dive on the ropes, and it always worried me for the longest time when had crowds because it seemed like the, um, you know, like, like here's like the you know, the uh, barrier, if you will, and the guys jumping, and I always feel like some guys gonna like bust their knees because there's so little room between the ring and the, um, uh, you know, in the in the apron, and uh, just always I always worry about guys getting hurt, but. Uh, you know, that that's I don't, I don't know. I mean, so NXT, I would say definitely go watch the, the tag matches. Uh, and, and Philip, you can tell me if the main event was good because I haven't got to it yet. Please don't spoil it for me who won. But uh, <laughs> it was a good match. Let me know. Uh, still waiting for Sean to come back, by the way. It is ESBR. And uh, one of the things we're going to talk about in a little bit tonight is the UFC match uh, in a little bit. But uh, more on, um, on NXT. And um, I don't know what WWE can do for developmental. Or if they create something else, I don't know where they're going to have an outlet and put it on the network. Or if they use like the UK guys, which a lot of them did show up, and um, in, in NXT this week. And uh, hey, uh, Robert, uh, thanks for uh, checking in tonight. Appreciate it as well. Uh, by the way, uh, upcoming shows you can check out on our uh, podcast um, next week. We're going to be reviewing the Royal Rumble. So that is uh, coming up on next Sunday. And then um, you can check out um, our retro review, which was listener requested uh, on any of our uh, podcast uh, selections, uh, like Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes. And hey, look who's back. Sean is back. Oh, don't don't get too ahead of yourself. (laughs) So we're here. I I, I just went down a little bit of talking about the uh, Daniel Bryan commenting and the fact that, like, you know, uh, NXT being territorial. They need a new uh, developmental territory. And right. how I, I watched the old Orndorff match from the 80s with Hogan and how I felt like, you know, that match had a lot more storytelling in it and a lot less of the flash where everybody's got to get in their, their big moves. And, you know, that's right. what you and I talked about this week, um, where it seems like, you know, everybody's wrestling the same match. I, I complained about that with the NXT, the um, near evil event. Yeah, well, you had more of a problem with that than I did. But the I do think that in general, in a lot of um, the stuff we see these days, there is a little bit of that missing in the sense that when we talked about it earlier this week, the thing we kind of discussed was it's like everybody goes out there to have the best match, which is great, but nobody goes out there with the mentality of putting on the best show overall. So they don't stop and think to themselves, okay, well, they did you know, a bunch of suicide dives and apron spots in the first match. So we got to think of something new. We got to think of something a little different. So, you know, law of diminishing returns, you do the same thing in every match throughout the night. Eventually it gets harder and harder for those to be viewed as big. 
You know, it's the same. It's it's really logically the same thing. I had a problem with an ECW for the longest time. It's like, okay, well, the first match we hit nine guy, you know, a guy with nine chairs, and the second match we hit a guy with nine chairs, and the third, you know, it's at a certain point. And I understand ECW did some different stuff from time to time. They they didn't always do that, no. but it just because again, law of diminishing returns. You do it enough times, and eventually, it's like, okay, I've seen enough dives tonight. I want to, you know, it's it's. I'm not going, ooh, ah, wow, because I just saw six guys do this. And that's why I look there's certain guys in ECW, I think it's Eddie Guerrero and, and another name who won't be mentioned, who it worked out for them because they're a wrestler type. And it was different for ECW, but they could mesh with that other style. They just didn't need to do it. Right. Agreed. That's um, and I'm not saying the, any of these guys are bad wrestlers. I'm not saying that any of them don't understand the the that whole idea that craft it just very well may be what they're being told these days you know what i mean don't don't pay attention to that you need to worry about what you're doing you know i don't know i'm not backstage with them so i'm not sure what's going on because i i would say it's 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 an aew problem because they're guilty of it a lot and they let these guys have free reign and you know more more control but we see it a lot in nxt we see it a lot in 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 uh, impact if you watch impact you see it a lot i mean it, it's really kind of rampant through a lot of the wrestling industry so it may just be the way the the whole wrestling industry is moving at this point i'm not sure yeah and philip brings a good point the hardy boys made high flying moves look easy back then but there wasn't many people doing it back then i mean the cruiserweight didn't really exist they, they weren't given you know they had a chance to wrestle they're gonna wrestle for two minutes anyways but the main event guys they were doing internet stuff i mean austin you know was it was especially after his injury Russell, the completely different style is a brawling style. And it's, it's, you know, kicking mud holes in the people and then punching him and then, you know, stunning him. I mean, it was, it right. wasn't, you know, I mean, he did wrestle a different style before the injury. His couple of Bret Hart matches are outstanding. I completely recommend. Yeah. Right. Seeing. Agreed. Um, and again, wrestling changes, wrestling evolves, and we'll see what happens. And it may just be this is the growing period. You know, we'll see that they, 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 find a way to work all this into a, a thing that makes more sense to us later on. You know what I mean? That, that we're, that it seems more akin to what we've seen previously. I think that is sometimes what makes teams like, um, um, FTR stand out so much because their whole gimmick is we're not like that. We're old school. We're doing, but then the thing that kills me is they get in these big matches and they do flips. And I'm like, well, you're killing me guys. <laughs> like, yeah. It was no flips, just fist. Yeah. You know, you remind me of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew, and then all of a sudden you be, you know, become the Lucha House Party. <laughs> you know, it's at a certain, you know, a point they kind of lose that for me. But I, you know, I don't, I don't think necessarily it makes wrestling bad. I just do think that sometimes, eventually, the the everybody doing suicide dives makes all suicide dives mean less. Yeah, yeah, because because nobody, I mean, I say nobody, but there's a lot of people where they all wrestle the same style, mm. and, and, and just like I said, like. Well, it's that very indie style, and it's a, and it's the very small guy style. I think a, a lot of the reason we're seeing more of a lot of these things now is because more than previously in professional wrestling, we're seeing more smaller guys come to the forefront of the wrestling scene, whereas yeah. before it was dominated by guys like Triple H and Stone Cold and The Rock and you know even even you know in other companies i mean wcw had it was all goldberg and hulk hogan and sting and kevin nash and scott steiner and you know so now we're finally seeing guys who are under six feet tall or you know six feet or smaller and under 200 pounds who are at the front of the line finally and they are showing you which what they've been doing to stand out all these years but now the problem is that since that's become such a problem or such a major part of professional wrestling that now everybody's doing that style and so it seems that way. So I guess and this is 
this is the other thing I, I think in my head is like, well, we saw a million guys doing suplexes and body slams and whatnot back when. Is this just now because this is the kind of wrestler that's at the forefront? Is it really not any different than it was before? It's just different moves. It, it could be, but there's, you know, there's the DDTs outside the ring, like in mm. the, uh, the Austin Theory Gargano, which, by the way, I didn't realize how small Jeremy Gargano was next to Austin Theory, who doesn't look big. But it's like, wow. Dude, um, what's funny is both of he and his wife next to their protégés look very small. Yeah. Uh, but the, the DDT outside the ring, like like the DDT, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that was it. That was a devastating yeah. move. Nobody- well, yes, but I'm, I'm going to give them a pass because that thing got ruined 30 years ago because people started – 20 years ago, people started using it. That move became a regular staple of almost everybody's arsenal in yeah. the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? And it was It just became a move. Yeah, it's almost so, like when Jake Roberts went away. It's like, okay, we're all going to do the DDT, and it's not going to matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, it does make it hard for, for some guys to sell some of these moves these days as finishing-type maneuvers. I enjoy that there are some moves we see that look a little more old-school in that regard that are still able to be finishers, you know, without without having to be yeah. too crazy. I mean, even to the extent of, like, let's be honest, um, Drew McIntyre's Claymore kick, it's really just a running boot. I mean, it's nothing... It's, it's really nothing more involved than that, but he delivers it well and they've protected it so that it works and it stands yeah. out, even though I see people kick people in the face all the time. <laughs> so he does a great job with that move. It looks devastating because of oh, how it's, it's delivered. It's all in how it's presented and, yeah. and how it's protected and certain moves get that and certain moves don't. And, you know, like I said, it, the, we've got the smaller guys at the forefront of wrestling now, and I, I have absolutely no problem with that. I don't think you need to be six foot five and 260 pounds to be the the forefront of wrestling to be the face of wrestling i think there are guys who are half that size who can wrestle circle around circles around guys who made invented for years um and and vice versa there's there's some smaller guys who just because they can do flips doesn't mean they can tell them tell a story so it's it's on both sides there there there's benefits to be found there there's there's talent and, and I, don't, I don't remember the name, but because the, the the and a lot of this came up because of what happened Wednesday in Dynamite with uh, the mm-hmm. guy watching trying there's too much flash doing the you know, they did the monkey flip into the flip and he, he missed it twice. Right, and, and, and it happens, and it happens. Yeah. Well, and the one thing, I, the, but I will say the one thing I like about AEW is that they do seem to be giving chances to guys who wouldn't normally get those chances. And hey, you get you get that chance, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, what I mean, if it, do, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You had your chance. And I mean, people make mistakes. I'm not going to criticize people for making mistakes. It, that absolutely happens. Uh, I still remember one of my favorite things of all time, Scott Steiner. He was supposed to jump off an apron, like literally just hop off an apron with a double axe handle and hit test in the back of the head. Scott Steiner forgot how to jump. He just fell face forward off the, the ring apron. You know what I mean? He just literally went, ah, and just missed test entirely. <laughs> Um, so it's like everybody, whether they're a veteran in this business or a, a young guy in this business, a, a, a greenhorn, they're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. So I'm never going to hold that against people because they had one bad night. You know, that happens. Uh, I feel up saying AEW is the land of opportunity. I agree with that more than I would, uh, in like WWE. Um, you're not getting those kind of chances in most of WWE. I think NXT is the closest thing you get for that because we do occasionally see people there that we don't know that well who really actually one of the things I enjoy about NXT is that those people will be the jobbers for a while and then after a while they'll build up, build up a little bit. You'll be familiar with them and they'll become more of a recognized face name and then they'll start becoming more of a character and then they'll start being featured more on the show. That happened um, with uh, Andrade. 
yeah. Andrade Cien Almas. He he was losing to pretty. He was the gatekeeper to to the to the main event scene for pretty much everybody. He was just there to make every new person going to the main event scene look good. And then all of a sudden, he started getting taken seriously, and boom, he was the champion, and he was a believable champion because he he we'd seen how talented the guy was and seen him work his way to that. But by the way, Kushida impressive. I know it's mm-hmm. taken a while to kind of get rolling in NXT, so he's uh... I, this is the best he's looked so far. Yeah. Yeah, Kushida, I, by I, the I, way, I Kushida, by the way, is one of those guys. I feel like that r- he's a smaller guy, but he wrestles a great, believable style. I really enjoy it. Um, and I mean, a lot of those guys do. I, I enjoy Champa's style. Uh, it's really aggressive, even for a guy his size. Uh, I, I, I like a lot of what he does. And you look at AJ Styles. He's not a big guy, especially compared to most of the, anybody on the WWE roster. And I feel like he has almost about as perfectly as you can blended together the high flying flipping style with you know, a more mat based storytelling style. Like he's managed to do the two together almost perfectly. So it's, it's pretty great. By the way, did you see him catch Ricochet off the ropes? The other yeah. I was, I was trying to remember who the, Holy who crap. Caught, that was Holy great. crap. That was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to do a little more, you know, a little mark out moment for that. Cause that was awesome. That was so, if you haven't seen it yet, guys go just type in AJ styles, you know, Ricochet in uh, uh, your Google bar. And I, I promise you it'll come up. Yeah. Uh, before we get to UFC, we have one more thing we want to talk about, Sean, was uh, mm-hmm. Sting's uh, first AEW match has been announced. Yes, Sting's first AEW match has been announced. And I'm kind of meh on it. It feels a little <laughs> underwhelming for his first match. Um, just because, really, he he hasn't he hasn't established anything as far as his reason for being there. He's just kind of shown up because... It feels like that's almost what Sting does. When somebody's being unfair, Sting shows up. You know, that's what happened with the authority. That's what happened. You know, that was his thing with the NWO. Yeah. That's what happened in TNA. That's what that's kind of Sting's thing. And so he shows up and it's like, okay, he stood up to help Darby and Cody. And there he is. And that's cool, I suppose. Um, but he never really established much more than that. And we've kind of been seeing a rinse repeat thing ever since then of him showing up and interrupting team Taz from doing something. And now Taz has had enough and they're going to have a street fight. It's like, okay, well that escalated quickly. Um, so it's going to be sting and Darby Allen versus, uh, Ricky Starks and Brian cage in a street fight, which I don't get me wrong. I'm interested to see. I'm also interested to see if it's a traditional street fight, like we're used to seeing, or if it's going to be a cinematic type street fight. I think what you do with this match is I, I, I'm not crazy that they're having it, but I think this is the way you go because if you have a standard match, Sting's going to be completely exposed at, at, at this point in his career. You can cover up a lot with the street fight, or if you make it cinematic, you can even cover up a lot more with him. Mm. And, and that way it, it keeps Sting from, you know, people going, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or whatever else, if it works. If well, do- I, think, I think as long as he's healthy, as long as he's healthy and his neck can hold up, I don't think there's a problem with him doing the street fight approach. Um, he's, he's perfectly, I mean, we saw him, it was a couple of years ago, obviously against Seth Rollins, but he was on his way to having a a pretty decent match with Seth Rollins before he, you know, obviously got messed up and then the match started going off the rails. Um, so I don't think that they, I'm worried about him going in there and not being able to perform in a street fight, uh, especially the point of being in a tag team. I think that's the key. He doesn't have to carry the majority of the match. Darby's there to carry the majority of, you know, what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, really, it's it's all about just getting him and Darby there to rub shoulders. 
One thing to do in this match is, you know, like Sting can be attacked early in the match, like before he gets started, he's out. And then, you know, towards the end, he, he makes a big comeback and maybe it's a splash. And, and oh, he'll do the splash. He'll do the Scorpion Death Drop. He'll do the he'll do this, the, the Scorpion Death Lock. We'll see all the classics from Sting, you know, this yeah, as far as all that goes. But I'm not. Again, I'm not as long as his neck is healthy, and that's only he can really know the answer to that on whether his neck is 100% healthy or not, if he's recovered from that injury he had previously. And that's the only thing that concerned me is whether his neck is is really ready to go. He says he's he says he's good. He's talked in interviews and said he's good. He feels better than he has in years, and he's ready to go. I mean, we trusted Edge. Uh, you know, I guess we'll trust Sting to do yeah. a match. You know, uh, I do have a sneaking suspicion because. Just you and I talked about it previously when he's shown up. I have a sneaking suspicion that Cody Rhodes is going to get involved in this, and I think Cody is going to cost Darby and Sting the match. Yeah, I think they're going to build to Sting and Cody at some point because I think the real thing here is Sting is going to put over Cody. Yeah, can I give, can I give Cody the rub? Be well. Yeah, for for the daddy, you understand. <laughs> um, so which I which again I'm I'm fine with them. They can find a way to do it safely and and make it. Don't don't I don't want to say tarnish the end of Sting's career because I mean his last match was a real bummer, but it but at least at the at the one thing you can say about his final match is that he was on his way to a good match, he got injured, but he gutted through and finished the match. So even though it wasn't pretty, it's not because he sucked; it's because he got injured and he gutted no. through to the end of the match. I I don't like how his whole time in WWE went. It wasn't his fault. I just don't think they they know was, what to do with him. I was fine with the majority of it. I mean, the the Triple H thing will never bother me as much as it bothers you. Yeah. The um and, and the one and, match on Raw, which is like, hey, we're gonna have him fight the Big Show, and that was a little weird. But again, it was Big <laughs> Show, who they could just do that with, and it's not like they're giving away something that hasn't been seen before. He's he's wrestled him before. Well, yeah, but yeah. So I again didn't bother me all that much because you're not giving away something like him versus a. Uh, 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 Seth Rollins, him versus Dean Ambrose, him versus, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, which was fine, but like the, the match was just, you know, the, the booking was bad with the DQ finish or however they Right. Agreed. 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 Um, but it all comes down to how this is presented and how healthy Sting is going into this match. If he's really, really ready. So we'll find out. I'll, I'll yeah. tell you this at the very least, I'm intrigued. So. I'll, I'll, I'll see how it works. But if, it, if this is an angle for a match that leads, that just is an angle and it leads to, uh, you know, well, I mean, we'll if it's done well, again, I don't care. It's just it's all a matter of how it's done. It's all right. how it's presented. So we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see after it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see who's yelling at each other on the next show. Whatever this happens. All right. Well, big night tonight, Sean. It is a big night tonight. It is UFC 257. It is the return of the notorious Conor McGregor to uh, the Octagon. Uh, he is stepping into the ring against du Diamond Dustin Poirier. Who is uh, he's fought Connor before? This is this is Dustin Connor too, and he when he fought uh, Connor before, Connor knocked him out in the first round. And <laughs> uh, oh boy! But I I, I got to tell you, I'm excited about this fight. I have ordered the pay per view. I'm going to be watching it tonight. I've already been drinking coffee to make sure I can stay awake. Wow, way past your bedtime. Holy cow! Way past my bedtime. And I was up before the sun this morning, so this is going to be as we're live right now. The there's of the. We're, we're going to do the main card, but there's 11 matches on the card, and only one of them's done. So. 
Yeah, well, it's the early preliminary stuff. I mean, I'm not going to yeah. watch all. I'm not going to watch all of it. That's just not happening. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will bring him one guy who's not going to be there. Is Otman uh, Aziatar? Mm-hmm. He was. Uh, he was supposed to. He's a lightweight. He was supposed to wrestle tonight. By the way, he had a great career. By the way, I'm going to need you to. I'm going to need you to to try and not say things like he was supposed to wrestle tonight. Oh, he was supposed to fight. Tonight. <laughs> I get it. It's hard because normally we're talking about wrestling, but it's like we get. You got to make the distinction, Dave. So, so uh, Otman was supposed to fight tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, he's supposed to have a fight. Um, he's been removed from the card because of a recent violation of health and safety protocols. And so, according to Dana White, this is what the, him and his team were doing. They said him and his team cut off their wristbands, gave them to somebody outside the bubble. And White says, I don't know how they even did it. Uh, that guy taped them, showed up here with a bag, went to a room, shimmied across four balconies, went to his room, dropped off the bag, changed his clothes, and left. And when security tried to stop him, he wouldn't stop. So, yeah, this guy is gone. Ottman is no longer part of USC. WWE, or WWE, geez, I mean, I'm even doing it. UFC has spent so much money making these 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 Abu Dhabi fights happen. Yeah. Um, and creating their bubble and getting everybody over there and tested and whatnot. Anybody t- trying to game that system, oh, you're in so much trouble. You're in so much trouble. Yeah. And I promise you, you are not smarter than the UFC officials guy. Uh, you're, 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 you're done before you ever even really gotten started. Yeah. And, yeah. and you missed out because this was a Conor McGregor pay-per-view. Like you were going to be on a, a one, one, a, this will be one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year because it's Conor McGregor. It's the way it goes. And you blew it. You blew it. You're off and you'll never yeah. be on another one with them. Nope. Yeah. Where, where does he go to from here? Cause I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, who was, MMA. I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty of other MMA promotions out there. I mean, you go to Bellator. There's, there's, Bellator. um, there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, one championship fighting. There's, I mean, there's a bunch of stuff out there, but none of them are UFC. No. And I mean, and it, yeah, it's like Sage Northcutt. He was a big prospect prospect in in UFC for a long time. Um, him and Paige Van Zant were were big projects for Dana White. They were he was very into both of them. He he, he kind of projected them both as the future of of MMA. And they both got their asses handed to them pretty, pretty awfully. <laughs> and now neither in the UFC anymore. Sage Northcutt, I just saw in some, I think it was one championship fighting fight. And he's fighting some guy I don't, I'm not even familiar with. And he got himself knocked, I mean, horribly knocked out in like the first 30 seconds of the first round or something. Um, you know, you, you can, you know, I, I don't know. You, you can disappear from, from UFC and there's places to go, but. It's a long, hard road if you're ever trying to get back to the UFC at that point. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that guy, he gone. So here's here the uh, five matches on the main card. Uh, and you got the uh, woman's strawweight, uh, Marina Rodriguez versus Amanda. And you say it's not Rebus? It's... I don't think it's Rebus. I think it's pronounced Hebus. But okay. I, could be, I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that. But well, I think that's how it's pronounced. Watch, so. Yeah, well, well 100%. Um, Rodriguez is actually stepping in on this as a replacement. I think she was supposed to fight. I think Hebus was supposed to fight Michelle Watterson, um, who the karate hottie and she had to back. She, she's out of the fight. So Rodriguez is dropping in uh, on relatively short notice. Um, she's good, but the problem is she's not good on her back. And Hebus is going to take her down because she's big into grappling. Uh, she's a uh, black belt ju- uh, in judo. So she's gonna try and get her to the ground and ruin her night. Uh, so I'm really expecting Hebus to pick up the win in this one. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on this. I mean, uh, the change happened uh, early last month is when Wasserman, uh, or last year, I should say December, um, early December is when she pulled out. So they had to uh, change the matchup and stuff. But, you know, Amanda's been, you know, probably more in fighting shape for this. Because usually, I mean, the replacements, if it was closer to this, I might almost picture, like, uh, pick Rodriguez. Because sometimes, you know, the new person comes in, they're all amped up to go. But I'm going to pick Amanda on this uh, as well. And, uh, you know, kind of looking forward to this one and stuff. Because Amanda Style, like you said, is just, uh, you know, she, she can knock you out. She can submit you. She, yeah, and she's she's she gonna get she's almost it's almost a guarantee this is going to the ground and she's just gonna smother uh Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. Right. Middleweight, Andrew Sanchez versus Mahmud Murd- Murdov. Mahmoud Muradov. <laughs> People watch this a lot more than I have lately. So Yeah, well that's I mean that's a thing. I I, I, I generally <laughs> I generally do watch this more. Um I I think hmm. I'm not incredibly familiar with either guy. I'm a little more familiar with uh, with Murdov, uh, and he's had a little time off. He's been really working on his uh, his stand up in particular. I think I'm going to go with Murdov on this one. I'm going to go with Sanchez. Yeah, you know, he was originally going to face um, Andre Muniz at this event, and then, yeah, uh, but they had some, some changes. But uh, I, I'm going to go with him. That, that's my pick for uh, my only reason I don't think sanchez is just because sanchez has a tendency to get gassed out and start huffing and puffing as the fights go on and i think muradov's going to take advantage of that he's got a gas tank on him i don't know i mean this guy's gone the distance in six matches um, yeah oh without so, a doubt with I, I i'm not saying he can't it just doesn't benefit him well, well it could be the style too i mean if he's gonna get pounded on on like you know it's one of these guys where he gets locked down and somebody's just you know well, yeah obviously it's gonna be a short night but if, but if yeah. it's one of these nights where you know we, we saw the card here where you know, it's just a takedown, and it's almost it's almost like a rust hold in, in wrestling, if you will. <laughs> where right. He's just trying to wear the guy down, or, you know, he's like, well, I think I'm ahead of the point, so let me ride out these two minutes so you don't get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, we got that. so we got the uh, the woman's flyweight, uh, Jessica I versus uh, Joanne Calderwood. Yeah. Um, this one's hard for me to pick, in all honesty. Uh, I like I. She's a decent grappler. She's a technical boxer. Uh, she's actually, what's funny, she's a good grappler, but she doesn't do as much wrestling as I think she should sometimes. Um, man, I think Calderwood, she's the underdog going into this fight, but just looking at their past fights, I think she's fought against more high-level competition going into this. So I feel like Calderwood, maybe, I, I don't know, I feel like that helps you grow as a fighter. And uh, so I feel like Calderwood has has probably learned a lot from that high level of competition going well, on how, how much kickboxing can you do in the ufc i mean you could do a bunch but you everybody at once upon a time you, people had pretty much one specialty because you were that, you were you that, that's Calderwoods. yeah but i mean it, once upon a time you had one specialty you were a kickboxer or you were a boxer or you were a wrestler or you were a jujitsu fighter uh but nowadays everybody has to know a little bit of everything that the sport has evolved to the point where nobody is naive to to any aspect of the game anymore. They have to know some of everything, because jujitsu had became such a prominent part of fighting. People had to know how to defend themselves in their backs and get off the ground and whatnot. So you couldn't just be a boxer or a kickboxer. Um, so Calderwood, if she can keep this thing standing, I, I I'm I'm gonna go with Calderwood. Uh, I'm gonna go with third. I just because based on that experience, I mean she's she, I mean, they're both the same age but but mm-hmm. experience wise uh her career goes farther back with kickboxing 
um, for many years. And then, but you know, they, they both came off of losses last year. So they both they have a decent UFC record, but each of them on their last uh, UFC show, um, I, I think uh, I think Calder would have lost by submission in the first round. And then I, if I could uh, find it here, um, she she went she lost a decision. So. Right. Right. But, uh, but I'm going to go with Calderwood in this one, too. Okay. All right. Uh, lightweight uh, Dan Hooker versus uh, Michael Chandler. Chandler making his uh, his debut uh, at this point. Um, uh, this is this is a uh, Chandler is. I think a lot of people are betting on Chandler. He's really explosive and he can he can really surprise a lot of people. But I think Dan Hooker, uh, he's he's a really that guy's been in some wars and I think he can withstand those explosive moments and maybe surprise a lot of people and pull out the win here. I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm taking hooker, but I think mm, it might, it might go all, it might go the distance. They might go. I I, I, I got a feeling this match is going to go the distance. I'm going to go Chandler on this, but uh, but I'm looking forward to this one. It is weird with this show because it is a lot, you know, I know the shows vary with sizes, but it is, you know, the smaller guys in this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't see, like, you know, I think some of these uh, matchups tonight will go to distance just based on, you know, I mean, unless somebody gets somebody in the submission to hold, nobody's going to you know, just, you know, big, big knockout punches or whatever else. I don't know, you know. In most of the fights tonight, I'd say no. But you know what they say is, I mean, it, it, everybody has a game plan until they get punched in the face. Sometimes that's enough. <laughs> they just get you in the right spot and you're out. Exactly. Who, who's the guy we had on our show? And then we had the fight in Norfolk and he got hit in the face. And then- Oh, Joseph Benavides. Oh, yeah. God. Nice guy. And he lost both of those fights. And I just, God almighty, I felt so bad yeah. for him. Yeah. And then the Norfolk match, uh, what did he get hit in the face? It was just like, oh, God. He went down so bad. So bad. Figueroa was just all over him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one match uh, left in the card. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean the main event of the evening? Diamond Dustin Poirier versus the notorious Conor McGregor in the main event of the evening. These guys meeting in lightweight. Um, so here's the thing. Everybody's looking. Conor is the heavy favorite in this fight. Um, I'm going to be honest with you right now. Conor is the heavy favorite in this fight. And uh, thanks to Rick Rumble selling me on the idea of downloading the app, I got the FanDuel Sportsbook app now that we can actually bet on things in Virginia. <laughs> And I and I I I am gonna go with you here. I think Conor McGregor will win this fight. Okay, I, that's my. I'm gonna throw that pick out there right now. I'll discuss it a little more in a second. But I'm gonna say right now, I threw five dollars on Dustin Poirier just because <laughs> the odds, at least when I when I checked them the other day, were so lopsided against Dustin. Okay, that if he wins the fight, all I had to do was bet five bucks, and I I the win was uh, the my uh, payout was one hundred twenty five dollars. So if Dustin wins this fight, I make $125 for a $5 bet. I'm fine with that. Um, now, that being said, uh, people are underestimating Dustin. Dustin has been, he, yes, he got knocked out in the first round the first time they fought several years ago. Yes. Dustin is not the same fighter he was all those years ago. He has had some absolute wars with the top names in the sport, especially in that division. Uh, one in particular that stands out, and he's been finishing people too. He's not just been beating people, he's been finishing people, which is hard to do. Um, and he's finished guys like Justin Gagey, who is the guy who was at the, you know, he's in the top, the, he's literally the top of the division at the moment, Justin Gagey. So like, he's finishing the elite level competition in this, right? 
Now, Connor's capable of doing the same thing, but I just think that people are underestimating how much Di uh, Dustin Poirier has evolved as a fighter since the first time he fought Connor. So I'm giving Dustin the, uh, the outside chance to possibly win this thing. Now, here's the thing. It's an outside chance. I think he's capable of doing it. A lot of people are thinking this is, there's a lot of people saying that they're making this match something out of nothing. Right, they're saying this fight. They're they're really making this something out of nothing because Connor's going to walk in, he's going to steamroll Dustin, and it was never in doubt. Right, um, and they're just trying to sell us on the fact that it's going to be a big fight so that we pay money to see it. I, I I really think people are wrong in that regard. I think Dustin stands a solid chance of pulling the ups out here, upset out here. But that being said, has standing a solid chance of pulling the what did I say upset? Because I do still think Connor's going to win this one. Do I think he's going to first round him? No, I don't think Connor's going to first round him this time. I could be wrong about that. Mystic Mac has predicted it before, and he did it. He did it this time. He said he's going to knock him out in sixty seconds. So we'll see if wow. that happens. I mean, he destroyed Cowboy Cowboy Cerrone. He, yeah. Connor was Connor was gone for about seconds. a year. Connor was gone for about a year. He comes back, faces Cowboy Cerrone, who's considered one of the best, right? And he beat he destroys him in forty seconds. All right. Connor's been off for a year here while Poirier's been more active. A lot of people would say the momentum and the activity is going to benefit Poirier. I, I think yes, but I think at the same time, no, because he has had those wars with people. Um, and I think the problem is you got to look at wear and tear on the body. That's going to all play into it. While Connor has had plenty of time to rest and he judging from it, he looks like he's kept his training going. So it's not like he hasn't been wanting to fight. He's just hasn't fought. So I still think Connor might knock him out, but I'm thinking it's going to be a little later this time. So I'm thinking maybe Connor knocks him out in like the second round. I'm going to go Connor. Um, I, I do see a knockout. I mean, this is not this is this is the one match that's not going to go the distance tonight. No way. I don't think so either. Uh, no, it, no. I'll say this: if it goes the distance, it's going to benefit Poirier because Connor gets at in the. You'll see it if this goes into the third round, right? About midway through the third round because I've, I've noticed this in Connor's other fights when he goes that long um when he fought fought Nate Diaz is a great example in the third in the third round of the fight he starts huffing he starts puffing his movement the bouncing isn't there anymore he's much more flat-footed in his movements and he's the movement just isn't quite there anymore because he starts getting gassed Connor is not a distance fighter that's not his thing now he'll usually rebound a little bit and get a little bit of his wind back towards the end of the fourth round or into the fifth round but that's enough time for Poirier to turn this thing in his favor, maybe score a knockout or a submission or something, or just get enough points to beat Connor outright. They, they, uh, both of them haven't fought in a while. I mean, obviously McGregor hasn't fought in over a year. Do you think, and I know UFC it's different because of the schedule of, you know, they got to take time off after mm -hmm. matches, but being off a full year, mm -hmm. do you think, you know, McGregor has done different training? Cause it's a long time to be off or maybe something with Stanima that may help him out or, well, I think that he, I mean, he's without a doubt in better shape as far as like, just not as beat up because he hasn't had all the fights Dustin's had over the last year or two. Um, and uh, so he's, he's not feeling beat up. I can pretty much guarantee you that uh, he, but it looks like he never gives up on his training. It looks like he's always training in some capacity. Um, and from what I understood, he was wanting to fight. So he's, he's thrown that out at Dana a few times, about wanting to fight at different times. He wanted to fight in 2020. He didn't want to wait till 2021. So he's been trying to be ready to fight for a while now. So as far as that, all that goes, I don't know if he's changed his, his strategy or his training. 
I imagine he's still doing a lot of what brought him to the dance because it's worked really well for him. The only thing I can think is maybe he's worked more on his cardio knowing that there's a chance that he's going to go a little longer with Dustin this time and he doesn't want to punch himself out and end up tired by the third round and lose because he's just exhausted. I think he goes in there with the same strategy he goes in with. He went in with Cowboy where he's going to go in. He's going to get in his face immediately and start being far more aggressive than people. Because usually O'Connor will go in, dance around a little bit, throw a couple of wild hook kicks, you know, really kind of mess with the guy, kind of distract him a little bit. But with Cowboy, he led right in. He gets in with him. He starts doing those shoulder thrusts into Cowboy's nose, broke Cowboy's nose, just like literally just thrusting his shoulder into him when they clinched up. And then he's, I mean, vicious attack, a head kick. I mean, it was it was a blitz on on, on Cowboy. I think we might see the exact same thing here uh, with Dustin, and Dustin's going to have to be smart enough to avoid it. Guys, I'm, I, I don't care who I, you are, Dustin. I, I don't care who you are. Uh, Connor can knock you out. It's possible. I think there, there's there's very few people that Connor can't knock out, and Dustin needs to remember it's already happened to him once. Yeah, well, I'm going to go McGregor in the first round. So, so all right, cool. There well, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, that's UFC 257 and a look at the weekend wrestling. Thank you so much for joining us. Royal Rumble preview next week. Uh, hey, if you've got a favorite to win the Rumble, let us know who it is. ESPR at FM99.com. We want to know who you think's winning the Rumble. The booking of this has been really good. I, I, I cannot figure out a winner. I, I have some, some options. This year. I have some thoughts. Yeah, I have some yeah. thoughts. But I think that this is one there's of those years where there's lots of people who could win. Yeah, but uh, so let us know. Yes, ESPR at FM99.com and let us know who you think might win the Rumble. We're going to be talking about that next week, previewing the show. Of course, find us on social media, ESPR or FM99.com slash ESPR99 and on the Twitter at ESPR99 as well. Uh, and of course, you can find us on your podcasting apps. So just search ESPR Wrestling, subscribe, give us a five star rating and a review. When you do, we greatly appreciate it. Tell a friend. And if you need to tell them something simpler, just say, hey, go to FM99.com or 1069thefox.com. And go into the media tab. ESPR is the easiest way to always find our most recent episode. It's just like that. So until next week, when we will t- tackle the Royal Rumble, get into that preview. Remember to eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat. Good night, everybody. Get out. Watch me. You'll see. Yeah.